0: Aloha
1: to our listeners, and mahalo for joining us as we traverse the moku of Kau. We begin our podcast today by honoring the seas that bound the island of Hawaii, each with its own character the sea where legendary currents converge at the southern tip of the island, the smashing waves at the northern tip, the Lehua Blossom Adorn Sea to the east, and the calm sea to the west.
0: Belina Mai, welcome to another episode of Kaleo Okauluwau, one that you can listen to and also follow along with on the story map, which is on our website. Off we go!
1: Today we're joined by our very special guest, Nohea Lani Ka'awa, who will be sharing ma'olelo wahi of the majestic moku, or district of Kau.
0: Nohea Ka'awa was born in the Kahili Pali'ahu Pua'a of Kau, raised in Wai'ohinu and resides at Pa'lauhulu. As a lifelong cultural practitioner with deep familial ties to Kau and experience in Hawaiian protocol, she is an advocate for respectful resource management. Having followed an educational background in social science and Hawaiian studies at UH Hilo, after serving as a Ka'u Community Outreach Specialist for DLNR DOFA in a partnership with Imipono Noka'aina for a decade, Nohea recently took up a position as the Hawaii Island Forest Program Coordinator for the Nature Conservancy and works with Hawaii Wildlife Fund. Nohea is a haumana of halau ohia, She's a board member of Ka'u Ka'hua Olohu and since 2011 has continued as an active board member of Ka'ohana Ohono Apo. Nohea appreciates opportunities to host interpretive hikes. She loves to share Mo'olelo Vahipana and Mo'oku Aohau of Ka'u. But most importantly, Nohea takes pride in being able to connect and assist others in the practice to truly aloha aina. Oia, e kako me nohea. Let's go over to nohea.
1: Aloha nohea, my dear friend. Many years ago, you and I were in a classroom together in this very building that we're in right now, this building that's named in honor of Auntie Edith Kanakaole, here on the UH Hilo campus. Since then, you've been instrumental in introducing or solidifying my students' pilina or connection with kou, as well as their own respective places. Kau is a place that nurtures and holds close some very traditional cultural practices and perspectives and protects them in ways that should be recognized and even replicated throughout the Pa'ina, the Hawaiian archipelago. At the same time, Nohea, you've helped us understand that one crucial approach to preservation and conservation is through awareness. We cannot protect those places and practices that are outside of our consciousness." Many of us associate ka'u with resilience, with fierceness, ruggedness, and conviction and justice. And for those not from the moku, it's a land that requires an invitation and lavena, or behavior that's careful and circumspect and pono. I mahalo you for allowing our learners, our students, the privilege to visit ka'u with you and to experience and understand the power of ka'u. When my students reflect on and speak of their huakai to ka'u with you, they often distill their learning into a single word, which is respect.
0: Aloha no hea. We're so glad you could join us. I was unfortunately not able to go on the Huaka'i with Drew and Bruce to Kaub, So I'm really excited to hear your mo'olelo today.
1: Yes.
2: Aloha mai kakou. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, It's lovely to be here in Hilo, Ikea. So I'm going to just jump right into our mo'olelo sharing. The first mo'olelo I'd like to share with you is a story of um, Kawhaihuo Kawila or Kawila. So during a time when Kane and Kanaloa were establishing water sources throughout the moku of Ka'u, they came across a beautiful black sand beach. Kanaloa threw his o'o into the kai and a freshwater spring was created. The name of the beach and the ahupua'a was called Punalu'u. Lu'u means to dive, and Puna means spring, thus the translation, the diving spring. To gather vai, people had to go into the ocean, in the middle of the bay with their gourds, and dive down for fresh water. When Kane and Kanaloa saw this, they created two honus, a female they named Honupo'okea and the male they named Honuea. They mated and when okea was ready to hanao, they dug a hole in the sand and she laid her egg. The color of the egg resembled the features of the kawila wood, so when the Honu was born a female, she was given the name kawila and her parents knew that she was special. With the strong Kau winds which titillated the ocean causing strong rip currents... Honu Po'okea and Honu'ea wasn't comfortable allowing Kawila to swim freely in the open ocean at such a young age. So they dug and dug and dug into the sand and a spring appeared which filled and created a safe pond for Kawila to safely enjoy. The name of the pond today is called Kawaihuo Kawila or the gushing water of Kawila. Children gathered at Kawaihuo Kawila to watch Kawila swim. When Kawila would fall asleep, her snoring in the pond created bubbles at the pond's surface, which brought laughter and happiness to everyone. Kawila was a kupua. She could transform herself into a little girl. So a kupua is a shapeshifter, right? Um, And she played amongst all of the children of Kau. Kawila grew strong and healthy and finally transitioned into the open ocean. Many stories are shared of children who swim in this area, and when the current suddenly changes and they find themselves about to drown, Kauila the Honu appeared. She swims up under the child, and they are brought safely back to shore. Kauila became known as an Aumakua or family guardian of the people of Kau.
0: Mahalo Nui for sharing about that place. Um, I'm trying to visualize this. Where would that be today?
2: So if you were to go down to Punalu'u Beach, uh, right right on the beach there is a lay stand, a brown a little brown building. And the uh, the pond Kawaihua Kawila sits right at the backside of of the the lay stand.
0: Oh, okay. I think that's where I've
2: seen Keiki feeding ducks, maybe. Yep. The, oh okay. <laughs> the modern day um nickname is the duck pond. Well I'm glad that you're sharing with us the name
0: of this place, so now we can have more people understand the ma'olela behind it.
1: How is that pond doing these days? Is there Are there any efforts to restore the pond?
2: Unfortunately, some people thought that releasing water lilies into the pond was a beautiful thing. The, the unfortunate thing is that these lilies grow such long roots and it attaches to the bottom, so it cuts the circulation of the pond. Um, back in the back in the time where my grandfather grew up in Kau, there was actually an uh, uh, like an inlet that allowed um, the ocean to flow into the pond on one side. And over time, I guess the sandbank covered that, and it's kind of stagnant. But it still does rise and fall with the
1: tide. That's a famous place. I think many of our listeners are familiar with Punalu'u mm-hmm. and we'll, and we'll see this pond when they visit. Mahalo
2: the next story I wanted to share with you guys is a story of Pu'u'enuhe. In the Punalu'u Ahupua'a in the Moku of Kau came the son of Ku, a foreigner from Kahiki. Our kupuna said that he came directly from the depths of the ocean. His name is Kumuhe'a. Kumuhe'a took for a wife the most beautiful woman that Kau had to offer. What defined women of Kau as beautiful was if she was momona, fat. If you were fat, that meant that you were very vai, vai or rich because you were well supplied with food. This woman of Kau was very well loved by the people of this district and so letting her marry Kumuhea wasn't easy, but because she wished to be with him, everyone gave their approval. Kumuhea took his wife to Pu'u Enuhe, a hill where they made their home in a large cave that sits on the slope of the Pu'u. After some time had passed, families of Kau noticed that Kumuhe had quite a strange behavior. He would only come out at night, didn't linger long, and his beautiful wife wasn't heard from for a while. Families started to question their relationship. One night, the brothers of the woman followed Kumuhea back to his home at Pu'u Enuhe. When they saw the condition of their sister, who was once healthy and rich, now down to skin and bones, they were angered. Kumuhea fed his wife an elusive diet of only lau'u'ala, or sweet potato leaves, and she was on the brink of death. When Kumuhea entered his cave, he turned into a huge caterpillars, and the boys said to themselves, Oh my goodness, Kumuhea is a kupua. A kupua is a shapeshifter, a demigod, much like the movie Moana. Maui was a shapeshifter. What were some of Maui's shapeshifting forms, you guys know? Oh, I believe one is the mano or shark.
1: Oh, and I think the hawk, the e'o, is another one, right?
2: Right. <laughs> Anyways, in the ka'u belief, the purpose of this particular kupua was to take the mana of his wife. Do you guys remember what her mana was?
1: I do. Lei, do you?
2: No, I'm
0: still learning this story.
1: (laughs) It was her beauty, right? Her beauty. Oh,
2: yeah. So the brothers took off down to the coastline to let everybody know that Kumuhea was a kupua. The news spread like wildfire throughout Ka'u, and we all know how fast that is. The Ka'u people thought to themselves, that mana saka. And the community (laughs) gathered together and headed up to the Pu'u to save this woman of Ka'u. Hundreds of warriors entered the cave and went into battle with Kumuhea. Kumuhea was chopped into thousands of pieces and a huge rock was put into place to cover up the cave. And Kumuheil was put to death. So we thought. Since then, a strange occurrence happens in Kau and every so often an invasion of thousands of caterpillars cross from the mountain down to the ocean. You can tell when the caterpillar crossing happens because the roads are covered and all of the plants and greenery in the path of these caterpillars are eaten down to twigs. They leave a dried trail once they've come through. The wind in the area was named Pa Kawa Kamakuni, or the murderous sounds in the wind. Because of the marital tie to Kau, Kumuhe was still respected as Ohana. Other versions of the story say that Kumuhea and the women of Kau had offspring, but they were no longer able to assume forms outside of being human. It is understood that Kumuhea is responsible for creating cave systems in our mountains and in the oceans of Kau. Scientists have have recently discovered that there is an underwater caterpillar who scientists believe evolved at the same time as our Hawaiian archipelago. Hyposmocoma is the name of that species of caterpillars. They feed on mo'o and snails. What happens to the caterpillars once they reach the ocean? Well, there's many um, beliefs. When I went out into the Kau community back in like 2011 to 2015, I was able to Um, interview a lot of our Kau Kupuna, and when I asked them these questions, what happens to the caterpillars once they reach the ocean? They all had different manao. Some Kupuna believe that they go down to the ocean and they enter the ocean and they become loli or the sea cucumber. Others believe that they turn into puhi. Some Kupuna believe that when they go into the ocean, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but if you take Hawaiian salt and sprinkle that on like slugs, they start to melt. And so some kupuna believe that the the enuhe turns into slime from the salt of the water and they create these slime on the reef on the on the reefs out there in the ocean. Um others believe that they go down to the ocean, turn into butterflies, and they pollinate back up to the pu'u. And a lot of them said, you just don't bother. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just don't. Leave them alone. <laughs> and so one time I was sharing this story, and one of the children that I was sharing this story with asked, Auntie, what is her name? And what was the name of the woman? And I said, Her name was never passed down in these stories for the fear that should Kumuhea come back, he wouldn't be able to find her or any of her relatives. Um Anyways, I always used to like to tell them, I come from a family of pretty good-looking wahine, so I always like (laughs) to say that perhaps we're we're family or relatives. (laughs) So anyhow, the moral of the story is... Really, to give you an idea of how people of Kau connect to Aina, to let you know that we have strong family ties. Even though Kumuhea was killed, he was still Ohana. So that tells you that um, we are related to the to the Loli. We're related. So the Loli, again, is sea cucumber. Yeah? We're related to the caterpillar, the Enuhe. We're related to the the butterfly. And so all of these things in nature... They become family members because they stemmed from from humans. And um, when you start to dissect the the DNA and the components of who we are, we all share that same, um, what is it? We we share the same DNA. We're all made up of the same um, composites. So just really to help you understand that everything from Mauka to Makai is connected. We have some of the largest mapped cave systems in Kau. um, And lastly, to have patience in the process. Because if Kumuhea waited, what would have happened? He would have, trans- he would have had that transformation to, to be his own kind of beautiful, yeah. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had to um, take the mana.
1: <laughs> um, Nohea, could you give us a sense of, if we wanted to get a, a view of Pu'u and Nuhe, where would we be able to see that Pu'u, that hill?
2: So, if you are familiar with where Punalu'u Black Sand Beach is, it's um, so there's Punalu'u and then Kawa and Honuapo and those, along that coastline. So, if you're driving through that coastline and you just turn and look up Moka, all of those pu'us up there, pu'u enuhe is the first pu'u that you hit coming from Hilo into those areas.
1: One of the things that I remember when I've gone on Huokai with you, Nohea with my students is that um, one of the things that we do is also um, contribute to the, to, that, to the well-being of that landscape. And um, mahalo for always ensuring that we incorporate that, whether it's a, a marine debris cleanup or even an investigation of the different names of, of the rains of Kau, which is an activity that we once did, which I consider a, a service to the community as well. Um, but I appreciate that you always have that element that is integral to the experience Related to the mo'olelo and to the place, and but important that we malamaaina as well.
0: As a makuahine, as a mother, how do you feel, or what is your practice regarding mo'olelo and your children? Right? How do you feel that you can instill the lessons that are locked in these mo'olelo?
2: Well, I definitely take them out on hua with me whenever I have the chance to. Um, and um, you know, sometimes I think they're not paying attention and then they'd be playing with their little cousins and then they'd come across like a plant and they could relate that plant back to the story, or they see like the caterpillar or the loli in the ocean and they can relate back to the story. Um, I don't really feel like I teach them. I think it's just whatever they pick up, they they remember. I never feel That I ever really teach people anything. I always, I feel like these are things that everybody already knows, and it's just little things I throw in to help them remember. So I, yeah, I never take credit for these mo'olelos. It's just passed down information and just resharing in a different time in a new language, and you know, it evolves definitely. Times change things, but yeah, just remembering those little those little details in the story to trigger that memory and the memory can come in all forms the smell feel touch all your different senses
1: mahalo for that
2: mahalo nui yeah thank you guys for having me this was fun
1: it's our pleasure thank you for coming so those stories were so compelling, don't you think, Lei?
0: Yes, I agree, Drew.
1: And it makes me reflect, um, the, the story at Punalu that Nohea shared reminds me of the importance of kane in the construction of that, that very pond, that spring, using his o'o, his digging stick, kane, who is an important deity or a kua in Hawaii. Um, often associated with the environmental element of fresh flowing water, but also many other environmental elements too that are associated with life.
0: Mm -hmm. and that you're speaking specifically to the to the pond in that area that pond that is known as Kawaihua Kawila and when we're talking about the importance of place names we would like to have everybody use that name Kawaihua Kawila and another thing that mentioned that Nohea mentioned was the human impact on that space. How somebody introduced water lilies, and now the root system has been suffocating the water flow from the pond to the kai, to the ocean. So we can see the negative impacts on spaces such as these important places and the function that they have based on what humans have done.
1: Yeah, it just makes it reminds me that if we Um, espouse the idea of environmental kinship if we understand that we are directly related to the elements of the environment, whether they are springs or ponds, rocks or living beings, plants and animals that we share this space with, um, perhaps we would have a different relationship with and it would be much less destructive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel that that came across in all of the ma'olelo that Nohea shared with us just now. Yes. Um, And one of the important things that we should... Keep in mind about this podcast series is that these mo'olelo offer us a multiplicity of ways of seeing um, the Vahipana of Hawaii Island um, through uh, through many different lenses and interpretations, and and that's something indeed to celebrate.
0: Right. It's not the story; it's a story. It, there, there's different ways, and people find their own relationships to these places and mo'olelo. That doesn't mean it's the
1: way, like the de- definitive. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. So, well, there are many more mo'olelo to hear that relate to the, this moko of ka'u that we've been talking about today. And mahalo, our dear audience, again for lending your ears to this episode of Kaleo Ka'uluau. And of course, to our special guest, Nohealani Ka'ava. Everyone, please join us again for our next episode. And don't forget to follow our Facebook and Instagram pages for even more great stuff.
0: Yes. Until then, ahuihu.
1: Aloha.